African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us right here on our various platforms on Shortwave, on DSTV and also online. Well, as I mentioned that today we're looking at uh, the very horrific events of last week when an Ethiopian Airlines flight, a Boeing 737 MAX 8, crashed shortly after takeoff from Addis Ababa, killing all 157 passengers on board. The accident occurred less than five months after a Lion Air jet crashed into the Java Sea in Indonesia during a similar stage in its flight, also killing uh, more than what we saw in the uh, Ethiopian airline. But here we saw 189 passengers and crew being killed. Since last week's tragedy, all Boeing 737 MAX aircrafts have been grounded worldwide pending investigations. However, preliminary investigations show that there are similarities between the two recent crashes. Boeing 737 is reported now to be designing a software update to strengthen its safety feature. Well, to help us on this, we joined on the line by Joachim Vermuten, who's an independent aviation consultant and also a researcher at the University of Johannesburg. We also have Guy Leach, who is uh, the editor of South Africa Flyer magazine. Let me start with you, Guy. Thank you for joining us uh, for this program. Yeah, hi, good. Nice to be with you guys. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, what's happening here in terms of the 737 uh, booing, because that seems to be a problem around the mechanizations of it. Yeah, hi. What's The real issue here is it only applies to the latest version of the Boeing 737, which is called the MAX. And they introduced a software uh, enhancement to help trim the aircraft under certain manual flying conditions and that software possibly has a bug in it or else it's getting bad information from sensors and has been forcing the nose down um, so far so far down that in fact we saw the Lion Air crash and the Ethiopian crash where it forced the nose all the way down to the ground and the pilots couldn't recover. Um, uh, there's a, there are a number of reasons behind that and a number of overrides that are systems in place. There were, it also needs to be said, a number of incidents where the pilots apparently did manage to save the situation, but clearly the aircraft is not safe and therefore it's prudent that Boeing has grounded them entirely. And uh, Guy, why are we seeing these uh, mishaps uh, when it comes to the software at such a late stage? Well, we don't know that it's software. It might actually be the sensors that measure the aircraft's angle of attack. It might actually be uh, even airspeed sensors. We're not sure about that at this stage. But uh, one of the clear questions is, why aren't there three of them instead of just one of them? So if one goes bad, then they know which one to do the system, knows which one to believe. Mm. Coming to you, Joaquin, thank you for also joining us for this program. Good morning, uh, Benjamin and Guy and Well, let's let's look at uh, the responsibility around the manufacturers of uh, the Boeing 737 here in terms of why would they actually take a risk in terms of putting this particular uh, f- uh, uh, flight in actually the market because uh, we've already seen a few accidents around this particular Boeing uh, 
I would think, I'm, you know, when I'm sitting here trying to phrase questions, whether uh, were there not enough tests before getting uh, this particular um, jet or flight uh, into the market, Jukin? Well, I think uh, there are various ways that you develop aircraft. In this case, it's a re-engineering of the existing airframe with uh, some modification to it and new engines and moving off their positions. Um, that has been a practice with airlines, so uh, with uh, aircraft manufacturers, so it's not a new type of approach. Um, in this case, and uh, with Airbus as well, uh, they've opted to go for very, very powerful engines, and in the case of the MAX, uh, that has required some positioning changes of the uh, equipment. Um, so uh, they are, uh, uh, the, the process of uh, basically re-engineering existing airplane is a standard uh, type of thing. And with all new technology things, you do have some teething problems. And once these are settled, uh, aircraft uh, and airlines operate in full um, many years and uh, get the benefits for which they have been designed. Now the detailed report on the first accident hasn't mm. been published yet. We hope that uh, that's what gives some light on it. But I think one has to look at the total picture, uh, you know, the systems, uh, the reasons for the uh, accident um, and also the training needs, you know, it also may place a question mark on the number of hours that you need or minimum hours to actually operate this type of aircraft, uh, which uh, might have to go a little bit higher. Uh, the training uh, systems, the, uh, the simulation of these type of uh, uh, occurrences, all of that will come out in the final report, and I'm sure that that will be resolved between the airlines and the manufacturers. Mm. And uh, in terms of uh, this comparison that we've seen lately, uh, Joaquin, before I go back uh, to Kai and before we let him go, um, I wanted to know in terms of uh, the latest reports that we've been seeing today where there are comparisons that have been made with uh, the Ethiopian airline, uh, the the flight Boeing 737 MAX 8, and uh, uh, as I highlighted earlier, the uh, the Lion Air Jet that also crashed in the Java Sea in Indonesia. Those comparisons between these two flights, uh, what do they say about the the status quo of uh, these uh, airlines? Well, there are certainly uh, similarities all hasn't been revealed yet, but uh, certainly there are similarities. Uh, but there are also differences. I remember very clearly a, a eyewitness actually reported smoke, uh, uh, you know, uh, emanating from the hole, which would uh, indicate something else, you know. So I think the investigators would have to actually look at the total picture and come to a, a detailed conclusion on the matter. So in terms of the reputation of uh, Ethiopian Airlines, Guy, before I let you go, because we've been speaking around the, the boom of the airline industry in Ethiopia, these kind of accidents, where do they place uh, the credibility of uh, uh, the Ethiopian uh, aviation industry? Uh, yeah, it's a very important question because Africa has just emerged from a very bad period of 
uh, airline safety. Uh, it's fat, it was, in fact, it's one stage six times as bad as the world average. But it was hugely improved over the past couple of years. And we haven't seen a fatal aircraft accident in Africa for two years. Ethiopia has always been, also been particularly vulnerable because it had a fatal crash also in the 737 in 2010. So to have one just nine years later is indeed a, a major setback for an airline which is trying to establish its reputation as a world player. And so in terms of reversing these uh, issues that you've just highlighted in terms of maintaining the reputation that Ethiopia was gaining internationally around its aviation industry, what would you suggest should be looked at in terms of the future of its uh, uh, industry? Because uh, that is something that uh, Africa was taking pride in recently. Yeah, the problem is that um, it's too early to form firm conclusions yet mm-hmm. um, because we don't have final reports from either the Ryanair aircraft or even preliminary air- air reports from the Ethiopian crash. But there are indications that pilot training still needs to be dealt with. Um, the, some of the other airlines believe that this problem was solvable by pilot training. It's yet not yet proven. Um, but I think we must see it at the same time. I think that systems do need to be continuously jacked up and they should certainly need to look, re-look at training. Mm, thank you so much, Guy, for giving us your time. That's the voice there of Guy Leach, who is uh, the editor of SA Flyer magazine. Thank you for your time, Guy. Pleasure. Well, I'm going to stay with uh, Joachim Fermuten, who's with us, an independent aviation consultant and researcher based at the University of Johannesburg. It's almost 20 uh, minutes past 11 o'clock. Thank you for staying with us right here on uh, um, African Dialogue and staying with me, Benjamin Mushatama. I'm going to take a quick break. And then when I come back uh, earlier on, my um, producer, Ayandam Kwanazi, spoke to the director of uh, civil aviation. And uh, it was very interesting that uh, uh, she had a very interesting viewpoint. That's the um, uh, uh, Director of Civil Aviation at the South African Civil Aviation Authority. That's Papa Koza, who said that despite the challenges faced by the Aviation Center Air Travel, uh, still um, uh, aviation is still the safest mode of transport. But before we listen to that, we're going to take a quick break, and after that we'll listen to that conversation that took place and continue our discussion with Joachim Fermuten. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it's one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time. 1,000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. 
Well, thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushata, my right on African Dialogue. I'm not alone. Earlier on, we just uh, let go of uh, Guy Leach, who is uh, the editor of SA Flyer magazine, looking at the current situation of the status of the Boeing 737. Uh, most of them have been grounded worldwide, uh, pending the current investigations that are underway. We know that uh, the French accident investigator, uh, BEA, has downloaded data from the Ethiopian Airlines planes, uh, black boxes, and uh, we know that uh, uh, these uh, two crashes that took place, uh, this is the Ethiopian uh, 737 MAX crash and also uh, what is uh, known as the Lion Air Jet have killed uh, um, uh, 346 people. So uh, these investigations uh, have to be concluded because uh, uh, these are a lot of deaths uh, considering uh, what's happening in the aviation industry currently um, uh, actually this is offsetting a lot of fears around this particular industry but earlier on before I carry on my conversation with Joaquim Fermuten, my colleague Ayandam Kwanazi spoke to South African Civil Aviation Authority uh, Popi Koza who is the Director of Civil Aviation there we are challenged um, by the new technology that is, is constantly being developed. Just now we were we, we just integrated the remotely piloted aircraft systems or the drones in the civil aviation uh, airspace and that put a, a lot of burden to the aviation regulators such as ourselves but it is about continuing to have the dialogue to always revisit, reflect on the accidents, reflect on the way in which we do things but also to prepare for the future because the bottom line is the fourth industrial revolution is upon us, artificial intelligence, big data, robotics, and so on. But the question is, how do we then integrate all these developments, innovation, technology, such that they do not then begin to compromise, you know, aviation safety? So our challenge is really uh, that, you know, the boundaries are, are continuously being pushed um, uh, by, by the manufacturers, by the demand of commerce, and how do we enable an environment as regulators of the aviation community such that there is full integration without the compromising aviation safety. But I think what, what has been most key uh, is that the, the manufacturer Boeing, uh, together with the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration, they equally took a decision to ground the entire you know, aircraft fleet of that type, which is the 737 MAX 8 as well as 737 MAX 9. So those aircraft are not operating. And therefore, as a regulatory authority of South Africa, it is, uh, I would say, business as usual in terms of, of other aircraft operating. What would you say this crash means for aviation safety in the continent? It is um, a very sad event, of course, because, um, you know, the global aviation community has been working extremely hard over the past three years to ensure that we do not have a fatal air, air, air crash. Uh, so for the, past three, uh, for the past three years, we've never suffered a jet hull loss or an aircraft uh, accident that would have claimed so many lives. But we started seeing the air crashes again uh, in October uh, last year involving uh, a, a, a Boeing 737 Next 8 aircraft and the one that just happened uh, recently, uh, the Ethiopian uh, Airlines one. And I think it is a very sad moment uh, for, the, for the entire aviation community because what we do on a daily basis, particularly as regulatory authorities and as the aviation community, is to make sure that every departure will come, culminate into a safe landing. So I would say that 
in as much as aviation still remains the most safest uh, uh, mode of travel, uh, but accidents such as these ones, they do take us a step back. In South Africa, we have about 2 million passengers commuting on a monthly basis. And if you think about 2 million passengers commuting on a monthly basis without a single air crash, I think it, it still uh, it does you know, give a testimony that uh, indeed air travel is still a safest mode of, of, of travel. And what would you say needs uh, to be done in the aviation industry in terms of strengthening certain um, you know, resources to ensure that you know, such a tragedy doesn't recur? Honestly speaking, it is ensuring that we comply to international standards, to local standards. It is uh, to ensure that everything that we do is done with precision and that at the center of everything that we as the aviation community to do is to make sure that in as much as there is new technology, but aviation safety must never, ever be compromised. As uh, the South African uh, Civil Aviation Authority, or in fact as a kind, ours is really to, to, to continue to preserve the very good safety record that we have. I will quantify and say perhaps in the last 30 years, South Africa has not suffered a, an air crash that has claimed life. This is what we need to do as the aviation community. This is what we have to do as a regulatory authority, as the aviation industry. Let us do everything you know, in our power to make sure that there is no compromise in aviation safety. Well, that's the voice there of Poppy Koza, who's the Director of Civil Aviation at the South African Civil Aviation Authority. And that brings me back to you, Joachim. Hopefully you were listening there to that uh, conversation that my colleague was having earlier on uh, with uh, uh, Poppy Koza. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on that particular issue, especially when we look at the question I also asked uh, to Guy around uh, what this particular accident does in terms of the rep- reputation of the aviation industry in Africa. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Joaquin? Well, I think uh, on the issue of aviation safety in Africa, great strides have been uh, done. As uh, Pupi has mentioned, that prior to this one, for three years, there wasn't a single uh, major hull uh, loss mm. uh, in Africa, which is vastly different to uh, how it's been in the uh, prior years. Um, the World Bank has assisted uh, many airports improving their um, facilities. And uh, overall, there has been much coordination of safety and oversight measures and strengthening of aviation authorities. One would hope that actually aviation authorities could at a point sort of merge and um, that should make it easier to have... Um, more specialization and uh, especially for newer type of uh, technologies because at the now at the moment uh, you know every country has to have or chooses to uh, have its own aviation authority uh, for technical uh, purposes so um, you know there is some uh, possibility of that uh, maybe developing in future uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Africa has definitely uh, pulled up its socks and uh, normalized the, uh, the safety record in total.
Mm-hmm. And in terms of that particular issue that Bopi also highlighted in this particular interview around uh, the fact that we live in an aviation uh, uh, period right now where there is a new technologies that are advancing very rapidly and integrating uh, new technologies sometimes becomes a challenge, especially in terms of adapting those technologies to the current regulation in the industry. What are your thoughts around that? Well, it's definitely so. You know, there's been a massive increase in technological development all around. And what we are seeing is the application of those developments in the aviation sector uh, in many uh, facets. Um, So within the uh, states, the community of states, uh, there's an organization called ICAO. And that's a great forum to actually have exchanges of uh, technical nature. South Africa is also a member of that. And uh, you need a level of harmonization as far as technical and operational matters are concerned. So, um, you know, the focus to actually absorb or adapt, um, you know, the ICAO recommended standards uh, is definitely of value. And in that regard, where are we in terms of that uh, synchronization of uh, the new technologies that are being introduced into uh, the market and international standards of regulation? I think uh, South Africa follows uh, the world uh, trends, especially the ICAO recommendations, Mm. fairly closely. So, uh, you know... um, Although uh, one doesn't have maybe all the competencies, uh, you know, to certify aircraft type, the system is that uh, the country in which the aircraft manufacturer is based uh, certifies the aircraft type and um, takes the the most of the burden of the uh, technological development or new application uh, of technology in uh, aircraft. Well, we are speaking there to Joachim Fermut, an independent aviation uh, consultant. We'll continue uh, speaking uh, to him on the line there. And uh, we've been looking at uh, uh, last week's tragedy uh, whereby more than 150 people were killed on board uh, the Boeing 737 MAX 8. And uh, that brought uh, a big conversation international, internationally around uh, aviation safety. But let me take a quick break and I'll be back continuing this conversation with Joachim after this. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Yeah.
Well, thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama. It's 11.30 Central African time. You are listening uh, to African Dialogue, where from Monday to Thursday, uh, we give you really trying to contextualize the news that are happening day in and day out because sometimes we just get the headlines and this is a program where we try get into uh, the subject matters with digging into these subject matters with our experts and our newsmakers who will usually join us on our program. Uh, today, I'm joined by Joaquin Fermutin, an independent aviation consultant. Earlier on, we started the program, uh, but with uh, having uh, Guy Leach joining us, uh, he's the editor of South Africa Flyer magazine. But uh, earlier on, uh, we had uh, my colleague Ayanda Mkwanazi, who's the producer in the background, speaking to the director of civil aviation at the South African Civil Aviation Authority, uh, Poppy Kosa. She couldn't join us on our program, but we thought it was appropriate that we get some viewpoints from a legislation and policy-making level. And uh, these are some of the thoughts she shared with Ayanda around issues of uh, really scrutinizing the latest developments and how those actually coordinate with the regulation. The, the airline crash, as you know, it does not uh, necessarily involve a South African registered aircraft, and the accident itself did not happen in South Africa. However, uh, we, we, did, we do have uh, uh, one of our local airlines, FOME, who does operate uh, the, this type of an aircraft. We also had Ethiopian Airlines who was flying this aircraft in and out of South Africa. We, we have not necessarily taken a stand as a regulatory authority, safe to say uh, that as the, the air crash uh, and, 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 and the story was developing or the events were developing, we were in constant contact with ComAir, who subsequently voluntarily decided to uh, ground uh, or, or rather take that aircraft type out of their schedule. Uh, and equally, Ethiopian Airlines also decided to ground uh, the, the, uh, the fleet of that aircraft type. So, 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 so I would say that South Africa was not that affected because there was proactiveness from both operators taking a decision voluntarily to have those aircraft taken off their schedule. So we, 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 we continue, though, to engage with the aircraft manufacturer, which is Boeing. We continue to, to engage uh, with ComAir, uh, you know, of course, to, to watch the development and, and, and to take actions uh, when necessary. When you mentioned the Boeing 737, um, which has now been worldwide grounded, what would you say are some of the cost implications um, for that? I cannot really quantify the cost implications because this is not a South African operation as such, but I can imagine that, um, of course, from an insurance point of view, uh, an aircraft alone costs a, a, a lot of money. I can't even put a price tag on, on those who lost their lives, you know, in the air crash. Um, so, so it's very difficult from, 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 from us to really quantify uh, what will be the cost. But I think perhaps we'll get to, to know that as the investigation concludes, uh, as perhaps the, the insurance, um, uh, you know, um, uh, also, you know, do, do their part in terms of uh, either compensation. So, so it's very difficult at this point to say, to quantify and say, this is how much it costs, particularly as it relates uh, to, to passengers who lost their, their, their lives. It's very difficult to quantify 
the cost. As uh, the South African uh, Civilization Authority, or in fact as a country, and ours is really to, to, to continue to preserve the very good safety record that we have. Well, that was my colleague Ayanda Mkwanazi speaking there to the Director of Civil Aviation at the South African Civil Aviation Authority, Poppy Koza. Uh, well, very interesting uh, viewpoints that are coming there, especially uh, interesting viewpoints in terms of how... Um, Aviation authorities uh, from other African countries are responding to this one crash uh, uh, that uh, was uh, taking off from Addis Ababa. Uh, Joachim, isn't that interesting to see that it's not just one airline that just crashed. It's actually it's an issue that actually can filter through uh, to other countries as well and other airports in terms of just this one crash. Isn't, isn't that very insightful to see how safety and aviation are very linked? It's not just around one uh, airline, but it's almost like a, 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 a coordinated issue here. Oh, no, definitely. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to come to an accident. You get the reporting of incidents and certain Incidents lead to further uh, work uh, with regard to other manufacturers or operating procedures or training modules. So it doesn't have to come to an accident first. You know, there's great coordination already. And um, if it's a hard landing, you know, that's a reportable incident as an example uh, to your Mm. own uh, aviation authority and depending on the circumstances, it could go further. Mm. So uh, the issue of safety and operational uh, security is a worldwide issue. And in terms of the response of aviation authorities uh, on on the continent, what should they now be looking forward to? I mean, what I'm sure they very much learn it in this regard. But in terms of us ordinary citizens understanding uh, the industry in itself, what do you think they'll be looking at right now, especially after this particular um, investigation is completed regarding this airline? Well, I think. Uh you know, uh, it doesn't seem that there's a problem with the airline uh, itself. It's only but, uh, in relation to this particular aircraft model. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be a process that's basically driven in the United States. Uh, we obviously, uh, the, um, you know, uh, the FAA will lead the investigation and then you have to uh, unwinding, you know, uh, the FAA didn't ground it, uh, it was done by the president, so it adds another dimension to to uh, ensuring that it's safe. So, uh, but uh, typically, you know, you would have to convince the FAA on the safety and operational standards, and um, then once that is granted for this type of uh, uh, aircraft, uh, each country has to decide whether uh, they believe it, and if they do, they have to uh, declassify it as uh, such. You know? So mm-hmm. it is uh, quite a laborious process to actually get it going again.
Mm, because that was an interesting issue there that was also highlighted by Poppy there around uh, the, the price tag of this particular accident. And I was reading in the Wall Street Journal around the fact that uh, the U.S.'s Department of Transportation, also the federal prosecutors, are now scrutinizing uh, the developments of the Boeing uh, uh, 737 MAX jetliners. Does this actually take us uh, take things forward? Could this be actually something... I know it's it's very negative in terms of what happened, but could something positive come out here, especially around adaptation of new technologies uh, when it comes to these new jetliners? Well, as I said a little bit earlier, the application of new technologies always has some teething problems. Uh, you know, most of them not uh, with uh, the type of severity of consequences mm-hmm. as this one. Uh, but it is a standard thing if you apply new technologies that you have some teething difficulties and you you handle it. You know, you either fix the origin of it or you develop operating uh, procedures to actually uh, uh, mitigate the risks uh, of it. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, on on the whole issue, you know, uh, apart from the lives uh, lost mm. and the effect on the families. Uh, there's of course all kinds of uh, 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 you know claims that will uh, ensue. Uh, first, for the losses of uh, passengers, mm. and that is a complex issue on itself because um, there are certain international conventions that mm. deals with that, mm. and there's also certain agreements by the airlines mm. to operate or the auto carriers uh, on the liability of airlines. Mm. Uh, generally, the airlines decide, the airlines and the insurance companies decide on different measures mm. and how to handle mm. it. Mm. Uh, then, secondly, obviously, uh, there's performance issues. The mm. aircraft, if you buy a new aircraft, there's many warranties and guarantee issues. Mm. And uh, obviously, if the aircraft doesn't mean those standards, then there's obviously uh, uh, all kinds of claims that will mm. develop from that. Uh, then depending on the outcome, uh, you will also probably find some significant claims from the operators uh, against the manufacturers for whatever the the reason might have been uh, for the investigation. That's why in the investigation uh, you have a preliminary finding Mm -hmm. which uh, gives the background against which the accident happened. Mm Uh, but the actual cause is found only later, mm. and you have to be very careful on that. You know, so it's not the best of probabilities. It's actually beyond a reasonable doubt that mm. type of standard that has to be applied, and that's why it takes so long to get the final report out because it affects you know, insurance mm. companies' mm. claims mm. and mm. the families of the uh, families. Uh, uh, of the passengers that died. Mm-hmm. And with that said, as we wrap it up, Joaquim, what would you say is the future now of the 737 MAX? Well, I think, uh, you know, it will be resolved. Uh, I'm very sure of that. And um, once it's recertified, I think uh, the airlines will enjoy uh, the low cost uh, per unit and the um, uh, airlines uh, will have uh, those benefits and um, uh, the passengers will have much more quieter and uh, 
uh, smoother rides than ever before. So that's one of the objectives of this aircraft. Uh, so I think uh, everybody will gain the benefits for which has been actually involved uh, in the start. Well, thank you so much, Joaquim, for giving us your time. We really appreciate your participation and helping us understand this very complex issue of the aviation industry and uh, the very, very sad occasion that took place last week where uh, this we saw the death of so many people uh, during this particular crash in Addis Ababa. So thank you for your time. It's a pleasure, Benjamin. Have a good day. Yeah, same to you, sir. Well, that was uh, Joachim Vermouten. Uh, he always gives us insights around what's happening in the aviation industry on the African continent. He's an independent aviation uh, consultant based here in Johannesburg, South Africa. Earlier on, we were joined by Guy Leach, who is the editor of the SA Flyer magazine. My colleague uh, Ayandam Kwanazi, our producer, uh, also spoke to the director of civil aviation at the South African Civil Aviation Authority, Poppy Cause.